This is a Get Serial podcast. You can check out more Get Serial at syn.org.au and at Get Serial on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Good morning, you beautiful people out there. We have a wonderful show happening here at Get Serial on Sin for your Monday morning. It's Imogen and Portia. We are going to discuss Limelight Studios, a long lost and forgotten movie studio right from here in Melbourne. We are going to talk about where to visit in Greater Victoria. And also we have love letters from you guys, the audience to read out. So stay with us. The first song is Trulips by Elise Lang. And it's part of this week's Sweet 16. Tulips by Elise that was one of our Sweet 16s. We're going into our commercial question, which is, are you a pancake or waffles eater? So, Imogen, what would you prefer? I This is a hard question because, like, fundamentally, they're very similar. I feel like they use the same batter. Um, waffles I associate with like American movies and like American culture. Um, so I feel like I haven't really had waffles in my life, to be honest. I think I am, I am definitely more of a pancake eater just simply because I really haven't eaten that many waffles. What about you? I've had waffles sometimes, but I'm more of a pancake eater. What is your favourite pancake topping? Pancake topping would be probably um, butter and maple syrup. The classic. The classic, the absolute classic. I, my favourite pancake topping is... Um, my favourite pancake topping would be like, I love strawberries on it. Strawberries and cream. Delicious. Nice. What other topping would you prefer if you wouldn't have that one? Uh, ice cream <laughs> all the time. <laughs> I, love, I love doing the pancake pileup and ordering ice cream. I, I swear I had like so many birthday parties at the pancake parlor <laughs> in my life as a child. Well, that's good. Yeah, they had this one of like Alice in Wonderland and I would always order that. Oh, yeah, I've had that one too. So good. I would probably order it today if I went to the pancake parlor. But yeah, what about you guys? Pancakes? Waffles? Or waffles. What's the difference? Is there a difference? I would argue there is not much of a difference. (laughs) Um, Not really. Not much of a difference. No. But yeah, I just associate waffles with like America. So I feel like I really haven't had them in my life in Australia. But, hey, at least waffles and pancakes do not cause grievous bodily harm, which is coincidentally our next song by Mosaic, which is part of this week's Sweet 16. Stay with us. You're listening to Imogen and Portia on your Monday morning here on Get Serial at Sin. Listen to Grievous Bodily Harm by Mosaic, which is part of this week's Sweet 16 playlist. Go check that out. And every week we discuss places to visit in Melbourne and this week is absolutely no different (laughs) we have found 
a long lost movie studio from right here in Melbourne. This studio is called Limelight Studio. What is the Limelight Studio? So Limelight Studio is one of the world's first movie studios, which I think is pretty cool that it comes from Melbourne, little old Melbourne. Um, it was part of the Salvation Army and it was one of their arms. And I really think it was there to produce films which were in line with their values. And when was it established? So this is really interesting. So this is why it makes it one of the world's first movie studios. It was actually founded in 1891, um, which is pretty soon after when cameras were first introduced. So I think that's actually really cool how it came all the way to Australia. How many films did it produce? So Limelight Studios was an absolute machine at filmmaking. They produced around 300 films. Um, That's a lot of films. Oh, that's so many films, especially for, like, back then in the 1890s. Like, how long would it take you to film and for the film to expose? Like, that's... Ages. Ages. So, and what I find really interesting is that the films were short and long and long films back then were not really a thing. So they were for their faithful clients and also for private and government entities. Uh, the filmmaking... And how did, they end up, how did they end up recording it if they don't have all the technology that we do nowadays? Yeah, so that's a really interesting question. They kind of used a mixture of methods. I feel like they had like a little bit of using magic lantern slides, so they're basically like slides you put in front of a light and they were created in the and they'll create in the coloring used in used to project the hand colored images onto a screen and they use that in a mixture of like cameras which but cameras were not really what we know cameras to be today another really interesting fact about it is that in 1900 it premiered the film soldiers of the cross which is actually the first feature-length movie ever made and was actually developed in the darkroom uh, right in the building, which is pretty cool. So they used a mixture of lantern slides, music, live lectures, and it lasted nearly two and a half hours, which is so long uh, for a film back then. But it sounds like they used really a mixture of methods to have that like cinematic experience, and it's not really the same experience that we would associate with films today. Wow. Can you imagine that, going to see a film that's a mixture of, like, slides put up against a, like, a light projected onto a screen, music, live lectures? Like, what an awesome experience that would be. I feel like it would be very chaotic. It would be. And why did it close? So they actually closed the studio uh, because the leadership for the department wasn't conservative enough. Um, so it must not have created the films that the Salvation Army leadership thought were in line with its values and probably was really expensive to produce 
films back then. I mean, there was a whole department dedicated to it. So they decided to shut it down. So it was incredibly short-lived. However, one of the first ones, which is pretty cool. And where is it located and where can you visit it? Yeah, so you can actually visit the original Studio space, which is an attic. (laughs) Um, And it's actually housed at Salvation Army, which is 65 to 71 Burke Street, Melbourne. So I think it's really cool how they managed to keep that space all these years. And what you can see there is some coloured slides from the National Film and Sound Archive, vintage cameras, equipment, posters and other things like that. So, yeah, just something little you could probably do if you're in Melbourne. Um, I I think it's pretty cool how Melbourne has one of the first film studios ever and also has created possibly, probably, the first feature-length film, even though it's not quite what we consider film today. So what a cool little fact of knowledge, I think. I think it's really cool. Another cool fact of knowledge is that we're going to play Bittersweet by Leanne La Havis, an awesome song. I listen to it so much. This is Imogen and Portia on Get Serial here at Sin. Stay with us. That was Bittersweet by Leanne La Havis. What I am watching in lockdown is, if you've heard of the TV show that's currently on Channel 7, which is Home and Away. I'm watching that. Ah, okay. Home if and you've Away. heard of it. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of it. Home and Away is one of those classic Aussie shows. It's up there with Neighbours. Yes. Yeah, it's been running for years, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. And I'm liking it at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> when did you start watching Home and Away? Have you been a watcher your entire life? No, I only started watching it when I was down with my father in about May, just before my birthday, because my birthday was on the 1st of June. So I was down with him in May, the middle of May, and he records the Home and Away to watch it. And because I was watching it with him, because that's what we do, I've been hooked on it now because it's interesting. It gets you hooked. What what has been your favourite storyline so far in Home and Away? Because I know it's very dramatic. Um, Probably where Bella runs away as she is going to have to go into the police station to be interviewed for a murder that happened on the show. So, so dramatic. She went away to try and save her brother so she didn't say one thing. Wow, okay. Is that why um, you got hooked so easily? Because it's like there's so many... That yeah, just sounds... so much drama. So much drama, yeah, right? And I feel like... Yep. Sorry, I was just going to say, I feel like it's the perfect thing to watch during lockdown as well because it's like, it's every day, isn't it? Yeah, it's every day, Monday to Thursday, 7 o'clock each night. And then on Thursday, there's about three um, episodes. Oh, wow. Three? Just like back to back? Yep, Yep, back to back. goes from 7 to 7.30, then 7.30 to 8, and then 8 to 8.30. 
Did you ever yeah. watch Neighbours um, growing up? No, I never watched Neighbours. Me neither. I was never a Neighbours watcher. I was a Simpsons watcher, which came on before Neighbours, and like the Neighbours would come on afterwards, and I was like, no, <laughs> as a kid. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I watched The Simpsons as well. Were you? Did you grow up watching The, six, the Simpsons at 6 o'clock on Channel 10? Um, I grew up watching them because my father and me was, would always sit down and watch The Simpsons when they were on all the time. It, that was such a big part of my life, watching The Simpsons on at 6 p.m. Like, I, I got two older brothers. We would, like, sit there and watch it. It was – we were – it was, like, it was perfect timing every day. We would, like – turn on the TV right at the end of, like, the weather report and, like, we'd have to get through the weather and then the Simpsons would come on and like, the house would be quiet. <laughs> and, would, and, like, even on... I remember, like, even going family holidays and we would still watch The Simpsons at 6 p.m. Like, it was such... In, it was, like, wow. ingrained. It was ingrained in us. And I feel like I've seen... <laughs> I, love, I love that show. And it's funny because I didn't really understand any of the jokes growing up. And now I rewatch it. And it's hilarious, but it's hilarious for a different reason than, like, why eight-year-old me liked it. Yeah, that's true. But, yeah, I've been watching during lockdown. Do you know the show Dawson's Creek? No, i never heard of it. It's probably, like, along the same lines as Home and Away, but it's this, like, teen drama from the 90s, like, the late 90s. And it has, like, actors like Joshua Jackson in it and Katie Holmes. And it is so good because it's just full of so much drama. Or, like, every episode is, like, drama-packed. However, they live in, like, a little town, which is supposed to be Cape Cod in Massachusetts. Um, however, Massachusetts gets really cold and wintry, but that's never shown in the show. It's always sunny. Everyone's always wearing beautiful summery clothing. Um, and it's such a nice escape from, like, my mundane melbourne life currently <laughs> and that's why i like watching it because it's just so you can just tune out and just watch the show and you're like you're in a different world wow and speaking of that what are you all listeners watching during lockdown let us know at get on facebook instagram and twitter the next song is if it was me by Black Rock Band, which is part of this week's Sweet 16 playlist. Black Rock Band, that was one of our Sweet 16s for this week. Every week we talk about visiting a, a location in Greater Victoria. And again, just like I said about Melbourne, this week is absolutely no exception. However, in previous weeks I've talked about towns, but now I'm going to talk about a place. I am a massive ghost tour fan. I love ghost tours so much. Every time I go to like a small town, I have to go on its ghost tour. I This is somewhere I've wanted to visit for ages but just have not got around to yet, which is the Maydays Hills Hospital or better known as the Beechworth Asylum. Okay. Where was it founded? So it it is the second oldest uh, hospital asylum in Victoria, dating back to 
And where is it in Victoria? So it's in the town of Beechworth, um, which I'm sure many people know of. Oh, you know of the Beechworth Bakery. And I think it actually has the most tours. Um, it hosts, like, I think it brings in the most visitors for any of the ghost tours in mainland Australia. And it's beaded by Port Arthur, rightly so, <laughs> in Tasmania. How many patients did it have? Yeah, so this place is huge. So when the asylum opened, it stretched for half a kilometre, like the building, from one end to another. Um, it had a total of 1,200 patients when it was full, 600 men and 600 women. That's a lot. Yes. And over, and this is like surprise, like a bit of a a sad fact, but I think it's important when discussing like why is it haunted, um, is over 3,000 patients died within its walls in the 128 years the hospital operated. Wow. Whose ghosts haunt it? Yeah, so this is the juicy thing. This is the juicy stuff. So um, when I was researching this, I found out that a signature of Jay Kelly is scratched into the glass of one of the window of one of the windows. Um, Jay Kelly is Ned Kelly's uncle, um, and he burnt down his sister-in-law's house. I don't think anyone was. Well, I don't think anyone was in it at the time. Um, and he was sentenced to 15 years hard labor. And part of that labor, he was sent to Mayday Hills Hospital to help build it. Um, however, after serving his time, he said his mind was quote-unquote broken and he spent the rest of his days housed in a hospital until his death in 1903 and it is said that his ghosts roam the halls. Another one that I found quite interesting um, was the ghost of the gardener that locals who live close to the hospital say they see out in the garden um, from time to time. Uh, he wear, he is noted to wearing a green woolen jacket. Um, the ghost is thought to be named after the, a gardener who worked there called Arthur. Uh, he worked in the gardens for many years, earning 10 shillings a week. And he wore his green jacket in winter and in summer, and no one really knew why he would wear it in summer as well and couldn't persuade him to remove it. Um, after Arthur died, uh, the nurses, when they were removing his jacket, discovered that he had been storing all his wages into the seams of his jacket. So they found a 140 pounds, which is lots of money back then. It was over four years of his wages hidden inside his jacket, which explains why he wouldn't remove it ever, I guess. So those are just two of the ghosts you can find at Mayday Hills Hospital. Um, yeah, I would love to visit that place sometime. I love ghost tours and I would love to go. I, I feel like it's my goal to go on like every ghost tour there is in Victoria because <laughs> I find them just so interesting and I'm a bit of a history buff and I think it's a really fun and engaging way to learn about the history of an area while I also get like a little bit spooked out. In the meantime, yeah. have, have, have you ever gone on a ghost tour? No, I haven't been on a ghost tour. Are you, open, are you open to going on a ghost tour or are you a little bit nervous about it? I'm open to going on a ghost tour. 
Yeah, so I've actually have never seen a ghost on a ghost tour. I've never even felt a presence, but I'm wondering if you have ever seen a ghost. No, I haven't. Have you ever felt a presence? No, not really. I really think it is something that some people can sense and others can't. Um, I am open to the idea that ghosts do not exist because there is an argument that I agree with and it's like, why is every ghost from the 1800s, from the 1800s, why, like, where are the 2008 ghosts wandering around? And I think that is a fair argument (laughs) to make. I would like to know if anyone in the audience has ever seen a ghost and if you have seen a ghost, we would like to interview you on Get Serial. So we love having the audience as part of our show here on Get Serial, don't we, Portia? Yes, we do. Um, and that's what this next segment is going to be about too. It's going to be all about the audience, love letters to a tree. So make sure to stay with us. The next song is Identical by Phoenix, which is part of this week's Sweet 16. Then it was Identical by Phoenix, which is curated by the wonderful Sweet 16 playlist. And I just want to give a massive shout out to the people behind that, providing music every week to us um, on Sin. Uh, so we, earlier this week, I put a shout out on our Instagrams and Facebooks. So if you're not following us, please follow us on there and you can be involved in the show. Asking for audiences, love letter to a tree. So this is a ongoing segment we've had for how many weeks now has it been? Ages. Since the start. Yeah, ages. Yeah. Ages, yeah. So um, we decided to wrap it up. We're asking the audience to send in their love letters to a tree. So a tree that they are thankful to and why they are thankful to it. So we got some responses um, and we're going to read them out. Uh, Portia, can you please go first? Sure. The first one is thank you to the evergreen trees for not dropping leaves on my car by Tom. Hello to the tree at my window. Maybe by summer you will shield my car from the sun. Whether you grow leaves or not, you will always have a you always have a place in my heart. Practical or not, by Taylor. And this is the same Taylor who we had on a couple of weeks ago. She's the editor of Lost Magazine. So just want to connect the dots there for people. To the palm tree in my backyard, you make me every day feels like summer, even when it snows by Ryan. I love that sentiment. I can't imagine a palm tree in snow, really. (laughs) No, not really. It would feel a bit out of place. Sure would. (laughs) It would feel a little bit out of place. We'll continue straight after this song. This is I'm Doing It by East. Stay with us. We have more audience love letters coming up. This is Get Serial. You're listening to Image and Portia, and you are currently here on Sin. I'm Doing It Fine by East. Now we're going to go back into reading our love letters from a tree that the audience has sent to us. That's right, that you, the audience, have sent in to us. 
I don't want to play any biases, but this one that was sent in is one of my absolute favorites of the bunch. And it goes, Dear Oak Tree. A trap for the unwary. You stand tall over an abandoned kiddie pool where no kids dare to swim. Your fallen leaves cover the surface, blended with the mud. Your mighty branches shield it from the light of day. A step too far, over the lid and splash. I have wet feet. From someone who has fallen for your cunning plan many a time. Um, a bit of context for this is, it is an old cement kiddie pool near the Yarra um, in Elfington and... Because all the leaves cover the ground, you can't really see the edge. <laughs> and that is by Emily. I want to thank the paperbark tree out the front of my house. His name is George and he's the best by Kieran. This one is by Liv and it is Dear Green Leaf Elm. I hope you love living at my house as much as I do. I have assignments coming up and I should be busy studying. You do not have assignments because you are a tree. I don't think that there is much more to talk about as we don't have a lot in common, you being a tree and such, but I'm glad we're in this together. And that is by Liv and she's given the tree two X's, so two kisses. <laughs> the song coming up is 14 Steps to Be a Better You by one of my absolute favourite bands, Lime Cordial. After that, we'll be reading out more love letters to a tree, so make sure to stay with us. 14 Steps to Be a Better You by Lime Cordial. And we are going to go into reading out more love letters to a tree that you, the audience, have sent to us. Dear tree, thank you for providing a little home for the two rainbow lorikeets that are always poking out from the hole in your trunk by Imogen R. Yes, I put the R there just to differentiate from me. (laughs) Could be very confusing over the radio. Who's who? I love that. I love when lorikeets live in a tree and you know them and you see them. I think that's so gorgeous. I think it is too. There's a, in the park close to my house, there is a bird box there and that has two lorikeets in it. And I feel like I know them a little bit because I see them occasionally. I'm like, oh, there you are. You're still here. And it's, <laughs> not, <laughs> and it's nice. It's a nice thing um, to know that I love birds, to know that there are birds who live there and it's kind of like you cohabitate with them in this park. I think it's cool. Another letter is by Sky, and it reads, The mango tree that was in my backyard in Emerald, New South Wales. Many friendships built. I like that one. And also, it's just so short and sweet that many friendships can be built underneath this tree in a backyard. Yeah. Our next letter by a person is by Bella, and this is for... The tree. This for a tree in the gardens that was near my house. I used to climb it sometimes. Hello, tree. I don't know 
if you remember me, but I used to walk by you every day on my way home from school and sometimes climb you. You were always something I could always rely on to calm me down. Thank you for all the company and advice you've given me over these years. I'll try to visit you again soon. I love that love letter to a tree. Don't you, Emerson? Yeah, I love that one too. I think it's very sweet how Bella would climb that tree sometimes and how she would walk home from school and see it and like have the association of like calmness, which I think a lot of us have associated when we like walk by nature and kind of like that. And I like how that she could always rely on, rely on the tree to keep her calm. I love that. I love it too. I, I thought that was a good one. I think because like a couple of weeks ago we were discussing like the influence nature has on you and like sometimes you realize that it's having an influence and sometimes you don't. Um, and I think this is a situation of someone understanding that this tree is helping them calm down. But I love that. I love, I, I agree with this too. I'm a big believer in like having plants in your house and looking out onto greenery because I really think it does affect your mood. And so- speaking of that, we will have more lo- love letters by us, Imogen and Portia will be reading out ours next week so don't forget to tune in next week on monday morning to hear ours so excited to hear yours portia we have not read each other's out yet to each other so we'll do that live on air next well it's not live but (laughs) pre-recorded live on air next week um for you guys yeah i'm excited to for us to read out our one together because we've really gone through this journey this love letter to a tree journey the past couple weeks together so i think yeah i'm excited for it i'm excited to hear yours portia i'm excited to hear yours too so if you want to be part of this show just like all the people who have uh sent in their love letters to a tree you can find us on at get on instagram and facebook and twitter however instagram and facebook are really our main points of contact um, you can listen to the show on sin.org.au and we do have an Omni account on there, so make sure if you miss out on any episodes to catch up with us on Omni. Thank you so much for listening to us this week, audience. Make sure to follow us on our social media accounts and check us out on the Sin website. We're here every Monday. Uh, listen, we're here five days a week, so make sure to listen tomorrow, listen to the Tuesdays team. The next song is Tommy's Party by Peach Pit. Goodbye, everyone. This has been a Get Serial podcast. Get Serial, 6 till 9 a.m. weekdays only on Sin.